0: Welcome to Character Explorations, a podcast production of the Went Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque. I'm Annalee Ward, the director of the Went Center, and our guest today is Dr. Adam Smith, associate professor of philosophy at the University of Dubuque. He is the author of the article "Discomfort, Attention, and Character." Now, this article is available online at. DBQ.edu slash went slash publications. That's dbq.edu slash WENDT slash publications. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Now, you wrote this article for the journal issue Character and Discomfort this project challenged us to think hard about the role of discomfort in character formation and expression and your article challenged us to think and think in different ways mm-hmm. in other words listeners this is not a traditional essay you begin with quote a very brief introduction which does not try to grab your attention so, I'm going to turn it to you to say, what would you like your listeners to begin with?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, possibly with the irony of uh, alerting you to the fact that I'm not going to grab your attention, which of course does grab your attention, this might give some indication of the weirdness of the topic uh, <laughs> that we're, we're talking about.
0: <laughs> so, what is that topic? I mean, can you give us a framework as we walk through this?
1: Hmm. Well, um, our brief was to talk about discomfort in general. And I am very interested in the, the concept of what it means to pay attention. And of course, this is a journal of character. And so what I wanted to do was to try to link those three things together. And the linkages uh, might be a little bit not obvious or, or counterintuitive. So what I hope the article does is to show how those three things connect how paying attention has something to do with this question of what it means to be comfortable or or not, and then what all of those things have to do with I, the idea of moral character.
0: Great, thank you. Well, let's begin with discomfort. Mm. What is What are you thinking about when you think about discomfort? Nobody wants to experience it or seeks out discomfort. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, um, The first thing to say, maybe, is that discomfort is a pretty capacious, large term that can include lots of different things that are pretty different from one another. Uh, I mean, I can say uh, this chair is uncomfortable. It's not, it's a fine chair, but it might be uncomfortable. Um, And that's not a very serious thing, right? But I might be in some slight discomfort. But we can also use the word discomfort as some kind of general concept to talk about things that might include serious pain, for example. So I wanted to at least uh, get us started by thinking about discomfort as a spectrum that goes from the slight to the serious. Um, And that's helpful, I think, because it shows us that not all discomfort is treated or is the same. It's not all uh, one thing. And that lets us ask the question, well, what's the difference between serious discomfort and uh, less serious discomfort. And we might think, and there are good reasons to think this, we might think that uh, the difference between less serious discomfort and more serious discomfort is this kind of uh, objective thing, like a fact out in the world. But uh, when we're using a word like discomfort, we also recognize we're talking about something subjective that has to do with our feelings, uh, how I feel rather than whether something is, you know, the same for everybody, no matter what. Some people um, might not feel discomfort in this chair, even if I do. So it tells us there's some component that uh, has to do with the person. And maybe the person's attitude is part of that. Um, So if we can see that discomfort is a a spectrum that might go from serious to uh, or not so serious, we can also consider that how we think about our experience may play a role in determining whether something is seriously just dis- uncomfortable to us or not so seriously uncomfortable to us um, and that's kind of dangerous because you get into territory where you're saying well uh you know if you, if you think it's cold outside that's because you're a wimp <laughs> or or something like that we blame the person for feeling a certain way now that can be bad but The flip side is if you don't think that your attitude or the way you approach an experience has anything to do with how uncomfortable it is, it takes away a sense of agency from you. Um, And we can draw on a lot of different uh, traditions and philosophy, but one of the most obvious ones is the Stoic tradition. The Stoics talk a lot about this. Uh, In one of my classes, I, I try, it never really works, but I try to have my students memorize this famous statement of Epictetus who says, we react not to the things, but to our judgments about the things. And in the article, I think I quote some other Stoics, Aurelius, and um, they say similar things that it's not that the, the uncomfort or the discomfort of an experience is just out there in the world. Rather, we, we kind of make a judgment about how uncomfortable something is, and this affects the experience itself. If that's true, then it implies that we have some kind of uh, uh, power. Uh, to determine how uncomfortable something is going to be, or how we are going to respond to something that is uncomfortable.
0: Okay, thank you. That uh, it it has me going in many directions right now, and I'm I'm thinking about how important attitude is in all of this. But one of the things that you do in this article is you're the teacher. Mm. (laughs) You're a consummate teacher, and you're concerned about your students, and you talk about studying studying habits. Mm -hmm. How does studying relate Mm. to discomfort and tension in character?
1: Well, um, studying is uncomfortable for many people many of my students find studying uncomfortable. It's a thing they have to do, but it's not a thing that they like to do, Uh, which often that's what we mean by something that's uncomfortable, right? Something that you have to do, you're obligated to do, but you would rather not. Um, It's uncomfortable to go to work and stand on your feet for 12 hours a day. It's comfortable to come home and watch Netflix or something, right? Studying tends to be put into the first category and not the second category by many students. of course. Some you know, A-plus go-getters, they get you know, some thrill out of studying and they might say that they're, they're in the zone when they're studying or, or something like that. But you can see that the idea of studying has a pretty clear connection to the idea of comfort or, or discomfort. It also has an obvious connection to the idea of paying attention because what are you supposed to be doing when you're studying? You're supposed to be paying attention. You have the textbook open in front of you. And your goal is to focus on the words, focus on the numbers, whatever you're trying to understand or whatever you're trying to memorize. So you're trying to pay attention. And often, for many people, trying to pay attention is uncomfortable. So we want to think about that. Uh, Why is that the case? Does it have to be the case? Uh, Should paying attention, which is the kind of thing that we we maybe have the most concrete experience of in uh, a setting like studying at the library. Like if if I ask you what it means to pay attention, that might be one of the first things you think about. Studying at the library, I'm supposed to pay attention. And that experience of paying attention is often uncomfortable to us. Why is that the case? That's what I wanted to talk about in the article.
0: I think about the phrase, pay attention, how unusual that phrase is! Paying mm-hmm. it costs you something, mm-hmm. and hence the connection to discomfort.
1: Yeah, I. That's um, that phrase itself. Pay attention. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily uh, wrong to put it that way, but there might be a better way to put it that connects to the point that I'm trying to make here. Um, because you're right, to pay attention, if you pay, you, you have some money, now it's gone and it costs you that. You might have preferred to spend that money on something else, right? Maybe you wanted to go out to eat, but you have to pay your rent and that's uh, uncomfortable, right? But you got to do it. Same kind of thing I was just talking about. Paying for something um, unless you have a lot of money sometimes feels like a forced thing, right? And of course you'd rather get something for free. But there's another way to think about attention, another verb you could use, which is to give. So instead of paying attention, Mm -hmm. you might give attention. This puts it in a whole different light, right? Uh, You pay the utility bill, but you give a gift at Christmas, very different feelings. And unless you are a miser or something, then it's a pleasure to give gifts at Christmas. What would it be like if we thought of attention more like that? Rather than paying attention, you give your attention to something uh, and you give it out of a spirit of uh, generosity. Uh, And you don't give it out of a spirit of um, worry or a concern or a sense of scarcity, but you give it because you have a sense that you have enough to to give um, and that you like to see the fruits of giving that gift to another person or the fruits of giving your attention to something that is worth paying attention to.
0: So what would you say true attention is? How do we understand it?
1: Well, in the article I draw on uh, the philosopher Simone Weil, um, and I think she does the best job of really describing this in a very concrete way. So I don't think I would do better by giving my own answer than she does. Um, and she talks about she talks about studying. and she talks about how our image of studying leads us astray. And it leads us to think of attention in the wrong way. It leads us to understand what it is like to pay attention in the wrong way. So um, she says that um, when we tell ourselves, to study hard or to pay attention. We have this image of strain and stress and your brow is all furrowed um, and you're staring down at the paper and you're kind of, maybe you you start to fall asleep and you knock yourself up the side of the head or something like that, or you splash water in your face or you down above. Anyway, it's, it's a hard thing, right? And it's, it's effort. And she says it's the opposite. Uh, what it is like to truly pay attention, true attention, is, she says, it's, it's kind of hard to understand maybe, but she says it's an effort, but it's a negative effort. It's uh, an effort to not do something. So for her, um, paying attention is not about uh, actively going out to conquer some piece of information and possess it, or to uh, actively force ourselves to focus on something. Rather, it is a letting go, and it's a sitting back and waiting for something to come to us. It's a receptivity, uh, I think, is what she's getting at. So paying attention is more like relaxing than it is like working, although uh, you can put it differently and say that when you're really working well, it's very relaxing. So I I think that's that's. Uh, the best way that I can think of to to put it if you're if it's hard you're doing it wrong in a sense Um, but in another sense the way to get better at it is to get better at being comfortable with hard things now that might be a lot of you know back and forth circuitous stuff but uh, I think that's what we have to do when we're talking about this strange concept of paying attention which after all after all you can't like see it you know can't Look through a microscope at attention. Right, you can't. It's not a particle that you can measure the velocity of or anything. It's a, a kind of a fuzzy concept, but it's a crucial concept.
0: It is a concept that relates well to a. I think what's on the popular vocabulary these days of mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? Because mindfulness is described as as a receiving mm-hmm. of and you know. Things come to you and mm-hmm. rejecting them or whatever. But. Very much so, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to the the practice of mindfulness. You know, when you're learning to to, to be mindful, uh, you are taught to, for example, simply observe your thoughts without judgment. Uh, and that I think is is crucial. And it's very much what Simone Weil is, is getting at. Um, I mean. I think that there's a next step that has to be made uh, in that kind of argument, maybe goes a little bit beyond at least the popular understanding of, of mindfulness, which is really useful because a lot of people are, you know, they're trying too hard, they're trying to do something, they're trying to get their thoughts in order or something, and you can't really do that until you have sat back and noticed what your thoughts actually are. Um, and that, that's that receptivity, noticing rather than you know, doing something. But the second piece of, of it, and this is what a lot of mindfulness talk kind of uh, doesn't get to, I think, is that, well, I think that sometimes um, talk of mindfulness gives people the impression that um, so long as you are uh, you know, simply observing what your mind is doing, simply noticing what you pay attention to, for example. Well then, it doesn't matter what you're paying attention to. And I think that's wrong. Um, I think that the object of your attention matters very much. So that uh, a practice like mindfulness, the goal of that is to notice what you're paying attention to so that you can learn to pay attention to or give attention to better things. Give attention to that which is worth your attention. You might notice that you're giving attention to things that don't give you anything back or that harm you or that harm your moral character, which is where we might want to go next. So you need to be able to notice that, and that does require kind of stepping back and simply observing without without judgment, so to speak. But then you also need to be able to make judgments about uh, what you should be paying attention to and how you should feel about it, and then practice feeling differently. And attention is caught up with... Attention is caught up with both noticing how you're feeling and feeling differently, which is the, the project, the moral project that you need to undertake if you're going to uh, live a good and happy life, a flourishing life.
0: So you've made the connection. You've linked us up with character now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So pull it all together. Discomfort, attention, and character. Yeah. What are the, how do you want to wrap this up?
1: So, you know, I, I talked at the beginning about how discomfort, you can think of it as a spectrum and there are uh, less serious discomforts like this chair that I'm sitting in and the more serious discomforts like if I'm suffering from a disease or, or something like that. And there are emotional discomforts too, less serious and more serious. The Most people tend to think of, you know, moral stuff, moral questions. Um, in a pretty truncated way, they think of it as uh, following a set of rules that are going to keep you from harming other people, and it's all external. Um, when we talk about character, we're trying to add another dimension to moral questions, which is the dimension not just of like how you act in the world in relation to other people, but the feelings that are in you that may or may not lead you to act in those ways. Um The, you know, classic kind of definition of virtue that somebody like Aristotle might offer is um, feeling the right way uh, in, in, I'm going to mess this up a little bit, but feeling the right way in the right amount toward the right person at the right time. Like it's about a proportionality of feeling to events in the world. And um, sometimes we talk about morality as if it doesn't really matter how you feel about something so long as you don't hurt another person. But if we're going to talk about virtue, which I think we have to, then it does matter. And I think if we're going to talk about virtue, then it's helpful to talk about attention. I think that uh, what we've just been talking about, the idea of giving your attention to somebody or something, noticing what you give your attention to so that you can learn to give attention where it is due and to give the right kind of feeling where it is due, that's connected to moral character. Now, I'll just use the example that I use um, in the piece to kind of make this clear. Um, If you think about something very serious, if you think about something like being entertained um, by what they call snuff films on the internet, which are films of people being seriously hurt that people might watch um, for their own entertainment. These are not actors. This is like, you know, somebody films something serious badly happening, bad happening. I think that most people would agree that if you find that entertaining, that that's morally bad, that's wrong. Now, that's an act of attention. You are attending to some aspect of the experience of watching the film. And you are, shall we say, uh, comfortable. You're comfortable with what's going on. You have to be comfortable if you're gonna be entertained by it, right? Obviously, you should not feel comfortable with it. You should feel uncomfortable with it. In fact, you shouldn't even be watching it because it's so uncomfortable. There's there's something to uh, the idea of character that requires you to be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable about what you ought to feel uncomfortable about. That's one aspect of it. You ought to feel comfortable with the fact that you feel uncomfortable with this and comfortable enough that you choose not to watch it, I would say. But at any rate, you can see that how you feel in response to this film has something to do with with whether whether you're going in a good or a bad direction with your life. You'll be wrong to laugh at that. Um, And when you laugh at it, it's because you're giving it a certain kind of attention and it's not worth that kind of attention. Um, you do need to be able to notice that about yourself. That's true. You need to be able to sit back and say, "I notice that I am feeling this certain way toward toward this evil film." And you need to be able to practice enough mindfulness to notice that you're that kind of person. But then you also need to be, be saying to yourself, "I need to change how I feel. I need to change the kind of the quality of attention that I'm that I'm giving to this thing." And that's there's a lot of stick there, even if you never yourself go out and actually hurt someone. There's a lot at stake if you are or are not the kind of person who might get pleasure out of watching that. So so that's how I try to make the connection, or one way I try to make the connection between attention and discomfort and moral character.
0: Adam, thank you for that, for the reminder that we need to change how we feel and how we observe what's going around us by being carefully, perhaps mindfully, but much better, I like this giving attention to the world around us, to the people around us, and to what's going on within us. Our guest today has been Dr. Adam Smith, Associate Professor of Philosophy, and I'm Annalee Ward for Character Explorations from the Wentz Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque.